Hello, and welcome to Cracking Open a Cold Case and Other True Crimes. I'm Allison. You're Sugar. And I am Caitlin. Yes. <laughs> Good point. Um, sorry that we haven't recorded, or we haven't released one in three weeks. And one day. It's been Caitlin's problems. It has. I was on a work retreat, and then work just got super busy, and I should have given my full attention to this podcast, so I apologize. If you're going to cuss or curse someone out, please make it me. <laughs> please please follow through and cuss her out. And anyway, uh, what's in your cold one, Caitlin? Tonight, my cold one is a 44-ounce Diet Coke with lemon from Sonic. What is in your cold one? Mine is a 44-ounce Diet Lime Ricky. I was going to call it a Limeade, but it's a Lime Ricky. Uh, and it's really good. Is it also from Sonic? Yeah, we went to the drive-thru together. Cute! And we did one of those survey things where you get buy one, get one free. I would uh, suggest you utilize them. They really are amazing. Yeah. Sonic is chill as F. Except for they are very slow. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes they're timely. Yeah. And it's decent. Tonight wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, yes. Caitlin. Yes. <laughs> what, what what have you done that's exciting since the last time we recorded a podcast? Um, I went to Bryce Canyon for work and it was beautiful. So that was fun. And then I dressed up as Norma Bates from Bates Motel for Halloween. Oh, what was your husband? Norman. So you guys were father or mother and son? done Shug. um what have i done that's even interesting i can't even think of anything um you've been doing makeup yeah i have but i don't know that the view the viewers only want to hear about any murders i've been involved in and i haven't been in we saw a big car crash today yeah we did there was a car that was ran into a house another one into a pole like a power line pole true so it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, so, do we have anything else we need to say in the intro? Uh, um, no. Just apologizing for me being a slacker, and we hope you are still a fan of us. Yeah. Um, please don't leave us, as you are our livelihood. Just kidding. I made that weird, didn't I? No. <laughs> Never. So, Caitlin, <laughs> which one are we doing? Um, let's do the mysterious library murder. No one else calls it that but Caitlin. <laughs> Just nicknamed it that on the fly. That was pretty good, though, huh? So good. Um, I would... Just like to make a comment that while we re- we recorded that intro, I was chewing a Starburst and now you're chewing M&M's because it's Halloween time. Okay, it's the day after Halloween. So it's time to utilize those leftovers, So girl. I mean, I have plenty. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so we're doing it at Betsy Ardsma, A-A-R-D, and... 
I was going to start going A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K, like on <laughs> Arthur. Arthur, but it's A-A-R-D-S-M-A. Like, never mind. S-N-M? What no. were you going to say? Well, there's this pickup line, and it was like, it's like, do you have asthma? Oh, no, do you have an inhaler? Because you have that asthma. Ew, <laughs> who said that? Who's... I saw it. My friend sent it to me today. Oh, it's so bad. Dude, you got it today? Yeah, you want to see and it? This the year of our Lord 2017? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, well, first of all, there were, there's like all these ghost stories about this, but we're going to just focus on the cold hard facts. But I do love ghost stories. Yeah, we're not opposed to ghosts. We're not even opposed to ghosting. Actually, oh yeah, ghosting. Um, that we should do another case about this ghost that helped win a trial. That should be another time. Okay, <laughs> we can do that. But anyway, if you would ever... anyone like to know about that, tweet at us at Cracking Open Pod. Or send Caitlin a personal email at CaitlinHolly at gmail.com. <laughs> I don't know if that's even your email. No, I tried. It's already taken. So I guess you could send it, but... <laughs> yeah, just send it to whoever is the owner of that Because I won't get email. it. Yeah. So, Betsy Ar- Ardsma, she's 22. She, uh, she lived in <clears throat> Holland, Michigan at the time of this event. And she was a graduate student at Penn State. She had a boyfriend, like all successful girls. Yes, and he was a med student, also at Penn State. He wasn't, like, super hot. He was only sort of hot. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what he looks like. I just wanted to point out that she was a graduate student, so she had already gotten her bachelor's. She was working on her master's. Are you rubbing that into people who don't have their bachelor's? bitch <laughs> no i'm just saying like i don't have my pretty... bachelor's and caitlin's rubbing it in no i'm just saying that's pretty impressive that's true for 22 in 1969 yeah women yeah yeah women's rights <laughs> shout out to women's rights yeah betsy was a true hot cutie i mean smarty yeah don't Freaking, but she was pretty. I would just like to bring up their, like, physical attractiveness just to paint the scene for people. She was pretty. Yeah, she was... Uh, so, anyway, she's doing her her homework in the library between 4.45 p.m. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. First of all, she's in between the stacks. We're not even sure what that means. No, it's just a part of the library at Penn State. And supposedly it's really narrow, like, only one person can walk down the, not hallway, but walk through the bookshelves at once. Like, it's not wide enough for two people. So a very narrow section of the library. Yeah, so no one else could have, like, if she were really fat, she couldn't have gone down there. So I couldn't have fit. Whoa, Caitlin, it, no. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, like... Probably, uh, modern Americans couldn't even go down there. Yeah, it's probably off limits now. Really something to think about, you know? Um, as we're sitting here eating Halloween candy. So Betsy's in the stacks. According to Wikipedia, in, in library science and architecture, 
A stack or a book stack, often referred to as a library building's stacks, is a book storage area as opposed to a reading area. So it's just like the bookshelves. I've never heard it called the stacks no, before. But do you spend a lot of time at a college library? I have spent a considerable yeah? amount of time in a college library. That's and impressive. I've never referred to it as the stacks. I never really went to the library. I like would go there. I mostly hang out by the computers, though. Yeah, that's fair. I went in a couple times, but I was very antisocial, so... Well, I wouldn't go there to socialize. I know, but I was also antisocial to the point where once school was over, I bounced. Yeah. Um, I'm just really... I don't like the implication that I'm social for having gone to the library. Sugar is a social butterfly. I'm not at all. Uh, but any anyway, so there's the stacks. I've just never heard that term. No, it is a strange term, but it makes sense. Maybe it's just in um, Penn State. Well, I don't know. It was also the 60s, so maybe it was just a different time. Or maybe I'm just super dumb. No, never. I'm honestly fine with being super dumb. Anyway, oh, so I've been listening to this podcast called Serial Killers. And the people in it are always like, please give us a five-star rating on the uh, podcast store. <laughs> so go ahead and do that for me and Caitlin. Yeah. we Have we gotten any new ones lately? I don't even want to know. We're just two ping-ping-pongs. We're ping-ping-balls. <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry, we're, we're digressing so hard. So this is in November. She's in the stack area of the Patty Library, spelled P-A-T-T-E-E, like how a Utah County mom would name her daughter Patty. You know? This this case is pretty cold. Ice cold. And it happened so 47 years has passed. Caitlin's like looking at her phone right now so I'm pretty much like freestyling on my own right now. I'm looking at our <laughs> reviews. Oh, okay. Go on, Chug. I was like, I don't know. Okay, so she's, she's just uh, <coughs> just studying. Maybe she's like, I don't know, how would you digress or how would you... Go off the beaten path of studying in the 60s. Because, like, I'll go to the college library to use the computer and, like, get distracted and be like, I'm going to look up this one random thing that happened in 2001 or something. Yeah. But I wonder if she, like, was doing research for whatever she was writing about. And so then she was like, I want to see what this book's about. Maybe this will help me. Or maybe she was actually a really good student and was (laughs) digressing from... (laughs) I'm not... Yeah, I'm not saying she guaranteed was, like, going off the path. I'm just saying that's how my mind works. Yeah. It's Um, just going on all these different directions. But any... And, like, I guess she could have, like, gone off that path if she had brought, like, an issue of Cosmo. Was Cosmo around back then? I don't know. Cosmo is porn. Have you seen those billboards all around Utah? I don't read Cosmo anyway. Um, I get a free subscription sent to my house from the previous owners of this house. I don't know how it hasn't ran out because I've been in this house 18 months. Have you really? Yeah, in December. It doesn't seem like that. I've been been married that long almost. Yeah, Cosmopolitan existed in in the 60s according to Pinterest. Okay. And Pinterest is the authority on history. You can, Pinterest is hiring in Ogden. Okay. Now's not the time. <laughs> okay, we'll talk later. Okay. Okay, sorry, should I go? So she's in the stacks, the old stacks. So between 445 and 455, 
somebody comes up behind her, mm -hmm. stabs her in the heart with a hunting knife. This, mm -hmm. So this is where things are speeding up, obviously. Yes. And if you're, like, under 18, how did you even get here on this <laughs> podcast? Anyway, so she gets stabbed right in the heart. Yep, and it severs her pulmonary artery and pierces the right ventricle of her heart. They pull out the knife and then just leave. She slumped to the ground and... Um, a couple minutes later, some two, one or two men exited the library and told the desk clerk that somebody need better help that girl. So, um, those two men have never been identified. They don't know who those people were. They don't know if one of them was the murderer. So neither, they're not sure if either of those dudes were the perpetrator of this crime. But poor Betsy, that's a... Nightmare. Yeah. And um, some bystanders in the library gave her mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, and they called the campus hospital at 5.01, and by 5.19, an ambulance had transported Betsy to the health center where she was pronounced dead a short time later. After she was stabbed, the wound produced only a small amount of visible blood. Uh, okay, so also her roommate said that she had gone she was probably going to meet someone there because she was yeah. wearing her red dress that was, like, for special occasions. Yeah, and for dates. But it also said she was unofficially engaged to that guy, so was she meeting that med student? Or was she meeting somebody else? Ooh, what's the 1960s equivalent of Craigslist? How do you meet up with creepy um, randos? Face-to-face <laughs> -face interaction. Uh, okay, maybe... Maybe it was a random event. Maybe it was... I don't know. So, but, yeah. That just adds another layer of intrigue and mystery to the yeah, story. Yeah, makes it a little saucier. Because, yeah, we don't know. Was she meeting him? Was she meeting somebody else? And that med student has never really come forth and said, Oh, yeah, we were supposed to meet that night. Wait, are you... By saying that med student, are you talking about her... She's almost engaged? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just can't remember his name. I was like, who? who's this med student are you talking about? Okay, so... Oh, also, in case you were wondering, she did her undergraduate at University of Michigan and studied art and English. And then, I don't know what she was studying at, in graduate school at Penn State. But, yeah. So I guess she got stabbed in the heart, and it, it, apparently whoever did it, they assume had to be extremely strong mm -hmm. to just go through all the muscle and like the what was it the artery and the ventricle yeah just like how this just the they could tell whoever did it was really s strong and he pulled it or they pulled it back out without no one noticing without making any noise um, she had no defensive wounds so they do believe that she was attacked from behind because of that um, Ad Sugar was saying just a little bit ago about the red dress. So there wasn't a lot of visible blood, and she was re wearing that red dress, so it was hard to see it. So the first responders that came to the scene thought that she had a seizure or some other medical ailment. It was not until she was at the health center that anyone knew or realized that she had been stabbed. Ooh. So. so, okay, so she was just, like, on the ground, and they were like, What's she doing? Yeah, because you couldn't really tell. Some people think it could have been um, Ted Bundy's first murder. 
Didn't isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that's that. That's weird. That's not his MO. He wasn't just like randomly stabbing girls. And he wasn't really in Pennsylvania, was he? He was more on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't somebody just remarked that and and I was like, quit playing. We've been to his cellar, so we know. Yeah, it's very quaint. Very beautiful. It has six six six. Lots of graffiti. Mm-hmm. Lots of scary vibes. It's fine. You can get there super easily. She had long reddish brown hair and hazel eyes, was five foot eight inches tall and slim. And she always had male admirers. But she wasn't too boy crazy and never stayed with one for long. So maybe she was meeting some boy. Yeah. And and the med student who she was almost engaged to stabbed her. Ooh, that would be this is everything's heating up. Solved it. Caitlin literally, uh, a fire just lit up in Caitlin's house from that. Yeah. So, the name of her boyfriend at the time of her death was David L. Wright, and now he's a physician in Rockford, Illinois. He was in a, he, okay, so he was in a fraternity that was below an apartment Oh, wait, it was above the apartment that Betsy lived in. Oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And they, Betsy and David had met when they were juniors, and their friends pushed the relationship. Oh. So maybe she was meeting another man. Cause it was, she, it's like you pushing my relationship. I never pushed Caitlin's I relationship. Know. I was just trying to be relatable. Um, wow, don't, don't even do that. Is that offensive? No, I don't even care. Okay. Sugar's the best. Totally. So anyway, we don't we still don't know what happened even though it's been forty seven ish years. So a random thing I wanted to bring up that this reminded me of was when I was about fourteen and I was like a MySpace person. As as most teens were back in two thousand and five, yeah. Um, Kate, I think Caitlin was big in that scene. MySpace. Yeah. Nah, my mom wouldn't let me. Oh, for real? Yeah. I think I probably even asked you this on this podcast. I don't think you have. Well. Yep, I wasn't into MySpace. I made one with behind my mom's back for a minute, and then I felt guilty. Wow. There you have it. I used to be sweet. This is... I just... This really reminded me of it, because I don't really know that... Okay, never mind. I'm not even going to continue that thought. (laughs) So, her name was Annis Vidursky. You you might even remember it, Caitlin. So, it was 2006, actually, that this happened. And I can remember being at my friend's house and, like, hearing about it and then Googling a bunch of stuff about it, because I was a weirdo. No, you're a true crime fanatic. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to need to know this for my podcast in the future. So, she was just a teen that was born in Russia and immigrated to America. 2006, she's working in McDonald's, and she's about two months till she graduates from high school, which is why she had all these jobs. And a guy just walks in and kills her with a kitchen knife in McDonald's. I didn't know it was a kitchen knife. Yeah. So, he was just a schizophrenic and a... A sex offender. I don't know why I said just a schizophrenic, but... That's fine. He was a schizophrenic dude. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if it was... 
it's the same thing with Betsy, like it was just a random guy that walked in. Yeah, or was it somebody that she knew? Hmm. I mean, it doesn't really say anything about anything pointing to her boyfriend or someone that she knew possibly being part of it. Well, I did find this article, and this is just a theory, speculation, about Betsy. Is this who we're talking about? So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You're okay. Um, they, there's a theory that this man named Richard C. He Hefner um, was the one who murdered Betsy. She had be befriended him after arriving on campus. He was a geology, geology student, and he and Betsy lived in the same dorm. She had seen him a few times socially, but they had a falling out, and Betsy had told her family that she was afraid of him. And um, they believed that he matched the physical description of the man seen running out of the library after Betsy had collapsed, and he was also known to carry a small homemade knife. He was also investigated several times for molesting boys. Oh. So they never arrested him or anything, but they believe that, that maybe he was the one that could have done it. But the crimes, crime scene became very tainted and hindered the collection of evidence. So. Wow. Tainted. So there's actually two books written about Betsy's murder, and both authors point to this Hefner guy as the murder. He's not, his name is spelled H-A-E-F-N-E-R, so it's not like Hefner, like no, Hugh Hefner. No, it's like Hefner. In case you were hoping it was a Playboy-connected murder, but... So, I mean, that's a theory, so it seems to be somebody that she knows, but I do think it would have to be somebody that she knew. Why do you think it would have to be someone that she knew? Well, in a lot of murder cases, it seems like the murderer knows the victim. They know them personally. So I feel like it would have it would have had to have been somebody that she associated with. Maybe someone she had a class with, or maybe someone that she lived by, or somebody that she had gone on a date with. I just feel like it has to be someone that she knows, because that's a pretty personal crime. Stabbing in the heart from behind I just feel like that seems pretty personal to me at least yeah but it know. could have been a schizophrenic yeah that's true I mean it could be not that everyone who's schizophrenic kills people no but I understand what you're saying I just yeah. I think it's somebody that she knows whether it's somebody that she dated or that Hef Hefner Hefner guy wait did you say how she knows him they lived um in was the he in the door. frat I don't know, it said the same dorm. Oh, okay. So, Hef or maybe, so Hefner, but I guess it's not, like, the type of situation where it's, like, uh, OJ killed Nicole Brown Simpson kind of thing, where everyone's, like, kind of accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a theory, but... Or if it was ever like that, then we've long forgotten about it. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes sense to me a little bit. Um, I think it's one of those things that a lot of the main players of this case the people that knew her and stuff are starting to get older and starting to pass away so it's just going to be a cold case because it hasn't unless somebody comes up with some information that the police haven't found in almost 50 years that would be so bomb as if it would and I <laughs> think it'd be awesome if it happened but I just feel like 50 years down the road if 
nobody has said anything or has any more information, it's not going to be solved. That that bugs that people have to just be like, well, we'll Sorry. never know. Yeah, and it's just, you know somebody did it. That's the thing. Somebody did it and has gotten away with it. That's what blows my mind with cold cases. It's like somebody did this and got away with it. They maybe got married, got a job, had a family, lived this life, and they had murdered somebody, but no one would know. Well, if Richard Hafner did it, he died, in 2002, he died of a heart attack in the Mojave Desert where he was setting rocks. Just an update on his life. That's a strange... In, yeah, in the book, um, like one of the books by, Sh let's see, what's the first name? Sherwood. There's There's evidence to suggest that he had something to do with a robbery. Oh, shoot. I just started reading a weird spot. Sorry. <laughs> That's I, fine. <laughs> okay, okay. Sorry. I just got a little caught up. That's I love okay. to I love to just struggle in real time. Well, I think that's <laughs> what makes us relatable. Because I've been struggling. My speech has been a little bit off. I don't really know. Can someone diagnose us? Help, please. Yeah. Um, some guy named DeCock, <laughs> who wrote about the case while in the while the Patriot News at the Patriot News. Yeah. He said that he's convinced Hafner was the killer, and he says Rick Hafner had an inner rage against women that manifested itself again and again throughout life. It could be triggered by next to nothing. So apparently. Decock, spelled D-E-K-O-K. I don't know if that's how you say it. Apparently he knew a lot about the psychology of Richard Hafner. So, I mean, it makes sense, but he's he passed away. We'll never know. It's been 15 years since he died. Unless he, like, buried some time capsule of his confession. These are my confessions. Just, Just when I thought I could have just got one out of the way. Um, These are my confessions, better I, so I don't know what to do. Gotta, gotta keep on to you, my confessions. If I had to say it, then I gotta say it all. Damn near cried when I got that phone call. Okay, well, I just want to say shout out to Usher, because I love it. And that song when he's like, you gotta respect me, like, for telling the truth. Because I knocked up some other girl, but respect me, because I'm doing a song about it and telling you. <laughs> Oh, I sure. Gotta respect my honesty, girl. Okay, well, thank you for listening to this scatterbrained episode on Betsy Ardsma. Ardvarksma. Thank you for being so patient with us. We really do appreciate our listeners. This is... It started out as just kind of like, hey, let's do a podcast, but I really enjoyed it, and I look forward to making these every week. Me too. My life's weeks. boring as F. Mine just sucks. Caitlin's married. Fine. Hopefully Caitlin's husband doesn't listen to this so he doesn't hear her say, no, my life sucks. No, that part doesn't suck. I'm just... I'm in a funk. That's all we need to know. Yeah, I'm in a kind of a funk as well, but not with the podcast life. No. So, thank you. It, We're getting back into the groove. We are. Just be patient. Patience is a virtue. Hell yeah. Remember that show that had a lion and he was like, courage? 
Uh, that's called, that's a little something called The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> no, it was something else. <laughs> Anyways, okay, thank you all. Yeah, thank you for listening. And crack open a cold one for us. That's true, do think of us when you're drinking. And tweet at us at Cracking Open Pod. Thank you for remembering it this time, Kaylin. I've said it twice today, perfectly. Oh, okay. All right, thanks, <laughs> bye. <laughs>